Okay. All right. So we we already um, we're in the seder mitzvah yisoda chevra, which means the the theory of uh, and the the techniques that are going to be used. And we basically we not basically we finished ois aleph, but let's speak out again what ois aleph was. He begins right away by saying that the whole idea of bnei machshava tova is to strengthen our machshava. Like the Rebbe Melech Nezhensk said, we learned last week at length his, uh, his epistle, right? His, his, uh, his tefillah. That what? That we want a very strong machshava. That that's the idea what the Chabur is all about. Because we know that if when a person is fully cognizant would see God standing before you, then you wouldn't be able to sin. So where does all our, our distance from God come from? Forgetting about Hashem. Not thinking about Hashem. You know, I forgot to say over last week, there's a vart from the Baal Shem Tov that Rav Nachman Chernobler, um says, bring, brings in Mara 9. We say in Krishna, V'sartem v'avadatem alikim acherim. V'sartem v'avadatem alikim acherim. Right? You will, you will go off, you will stray and serve foreign gods. But V'sartem also means like to go away from. So the Nachum Shalom begs from the Baal Shem Tov, v'sartem, that if you go away from Dveikus, is v'avadatem akim acherim. That's already like serving of a desire. In other words, it's one or the other. Either you're thinking of Hashem, or you're forgetting Hashem. And that's what he's saying over here. He's, he's setting up this, this idea that this dialectic, this, this oppositional things that you have to, we have to strengthen the machshava. And we know that those times that our thoughts are strong, then the poison of the Yitzhahar is not in us at all. He says, we all see by Kol Nidre, by Ne'ilah, right? If somebody comes to you and, and, you know, asks you something about Netflix in the middle of Ne'ilah, you look at them like they're absolutely insane. What's the difference? Why? The answer is because your thought is fully immersed in Hashem. And your thought is fully immersed in Hashem. That becomes the Machshava Bar of a Chazaka, the true thought. And then that, that puts you in that headspace. That puts you in the consciousness. So what he's saying, and, and he says... But the problem is that that um, that we can't do this the rest of the year. Why do we have to wait? Why do we have to wait the whole year for it? That's what he finishes. Oisaf. Let's just read the last few lines. We we read them uh, quickly last time. He said, um, In the English, we are on page. Uh, my copy machine broke, so I couldn't make copies. Uh, we're on page. Um, page nine. Um, the very essence of the imperfection caused by our human descent. It's the, the second to last paragraph from page nine. And in Hebrew, it's page eleven. The main thing that causes us to fall is that to forget the God that begot you. One falls from one's thoughts of Hashem. It's not as strong as it is in Yom Kippur and, and times like that. And let's say a person does want to put himself into such a headspace. And we know that we, all of us know that, we, that we, there are times that we decide we want to really feel something and we put enough thought into it, we put enough effort into it. You could put yourself into that headspace sometimes, but the problem is, He can't continue to do this for a long time. He can't, he can't, it's not seemingly sustainable. It doesn't, it doesn't remain. One falls very quickly. 
So therefore, he says, V'kevan shekein, therefore, since the whole relationship with Hashem really, really is dependent, the closest to Hashem, and whether one is living a life of, of Kedusha or not, is very much dependent on the cognizance of Hashem's presence. So therefore, Kevin Sheken, Kol Our avoid has to be, how do we get a stronger thought process? How do we get, how can we meditate stronger? Because obviously he's going to be talking about a type of meditation, his type of meditation, which is Machshava, like we spoke about what that means. To strengthen it, to broaden it, to develop it, and to connect it to God. Not just like by Tkiyas, not just Yom Kippur. That all the time our thoughts should be, should be clear, should be strong, and connected to holiness. Now I just want to, before we go to Izbez, the question that Rabbi Gatli mentioned last week, he said, it should be on everyone's mind, which is, what am I supposed to be thinking about? I mean, you said that some people would say wouldn't even know what that means to to think of God, and that's a that's a very strong question. Like, what does that mean to think of God? Well, not as as he himself is going to explain that and at length that it's a problem because, like, on one hand, you're not supposed to picture God as anything. So, what does it mean to think of God? It's a very obvious question. What, 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 just the word God, or so Yudke Vavke. Picture Yudke. This uh, Mishnah Bura and other places it says to picture Yudke Vavke. Personally, it doesn't do it for me. Um, but you know, if if it does for you, all the power to you. But but that you know, it's 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 easy to get stuck on the letters, and again, not to feel that it's God, right? So he's going to talk about that. But that's the avoda that he wants. That's what this book is about: how to think about God. Literally, that's that's what the book's about. In truth, in truth, really, the Aved of Machshava should start from below to above. Meaning what? First to purify the body. And then, once your body is pure, then automatically your machshav is going to become stronger. That seems to be lefia emes. That's the real way to proceed. That's the real order. Not to start right away with the void of machshava. That's that's the, the real order is to start from below to above. And he said, yeah, let, me, let me just read two, two lines. That, 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 was, that worked in previous generations. They started with Taka the way you're supposed to, the orderly way, the real order, which is to start first purifying the body. They finished, they purified it, and they, and they did that Aveda, purifying the body. And then they came to the Aveda, to the service of developing Machshava, thought, with a body that's subservient to holiness. That's better. That was better in those generations. That's the best way to do it. Says the It's not like this in our generation. In our generation, that's known as Ikfaz de Mashiach. What's Ikfaz de Mashiach? The heel, the heel of the Messiah, the heel of Mashiach. What does that mean, the heels of Mashiach? So, Pashupshad, it's a phrase that's found in, in the Zohar, it's found in the very early Svarim. 
Pasha Pshat Ikvas de Mashiach means that you could hear his footsteps. Ekev is a heel. Ikvas de Mashiach is like the, like the footsteps you could hear. Any fans here of Tell Two Cities? No? Tell Two. Oh, we spoke about that, right. It's, a, my, it's my favorite book, and Kaylee's also. So the footsteps is a very big theme, very big motif in that book. Footsteps means the march of time and everything. So Ikvas de Mashiach is the marching of Mashiach. You hear his footsteps. But the Svarim also say that it also means that our generation is likened to a heel. Meaning that, like, you know, in the body, there are all different parts of the body that have all different types of revelation of the soul. How much of your soul is revealed in the heel? The least. There's the least. They actually, Prickadur Belezer calls the heel the angel of death of a person. There's, like, no life there. That's why you could stomp on it. That's why you could, if you have to check if water's too hot, you put your heel into it. Right, the heel is like is is almost numb in some ways. It's lacking vitality, and the Svarim say that's our generation compared to previous generations. I mean, the truth is, I, I don't need to say. We all know that the Gemara already says that if we say earlier generations were like angels, then we're like men, and if you say earlier generations were like men, then we're like donkeys, and not like the donkey of Repinchas ben Yair, because Repinchas ben Yair's donkey wouldn't eat. Truma that he wasn't supposed to eat. So we're not even on that level. So the Gemara is already saying that they're the level of donkeys. I don't know where that leaves us. I guess amoebas. <laughs> right? Or heels. But that's the part of a heel. Our generation is Ikhfuz and Mashiach. Now, but, do we, but do we have the potential to go to that level of past generations? Um, not, I mean, do we have the, we all have the potential the question is if we have the ability to reveal that potential. What's the difference? Because we all have within us, uh, we all have within us uh, total... There's no essential difference between Jews. The difference between levels and Jews and stuff is only in revealed aspects of the personality. But revealed potential or re- revealed... Uh, revealed potential. Revealed. Everyone has a potential. Every Jew has potential to be... One with Hashem Mamish. Every Jew's potential for everything. But the question is if we're able to reveal that. And, and, and so the tzaddikim said in this generation, I mean, maybe there, as far as I know, there, there are maybe some tzaddikim still, but, but in our generation, it's, <coughs> compared to previous generations, we're like a heel. Now, Lubavitch Rebbe speaks a lot about how Dafka, there's a big mile in the heel and, and whatever, the, the big avoida. But what he's saying, look what he says, Dor namach dor it's a generation of heels. We're like heels. And also our bodies have become weak. We're weaker. We are a weaker generation. Right? We might live longer because there are meds and there are medicine and everything. But you know, in previous generations, they, you know, they were up at four in the morning. They were already you know, saying, Till him. We, have to, we have to wake up at like you know, five. You know, it's, it's difficult. Our generations are very weak. And he says, also because of that, that causes Hedra Mamshola Shayuchalish Limshalal Atzmar Vagufa, that we can't, we can't um, rule over our body, on our, our, right? Because so if I want to wait to do it the right way, which is to start with the body, purifying the body first, to refine it and sanctify it, I won't have either, because I'm not going to manage to purify the body. Let's talk about what did he just say? What, what, what's this whole ice base? Let's, let's just review what he just said. He said, the Fia MS, in truth, Avedis and step B. 
What step A should be purifying the body? So if we first purify the body, then avoid the samachshava. Then he said, the previous generations, that taka worked because they were able to purify the body. But in our generation, because we're so weak, we're like heels, we're not going to be able to purify the body. And so therefore, if we wait with Avedis Machshav, if we put off Aveda with our thought till we first sanctify the body, then we won't have anything. Right? That's what he said. Why do you think, what does that mean? And that's pretty revolutionary in the sense that because we're worse, we should skip steps and jump to the more difficult or demanding state of machshava. Oh, so that that you're saying, that's exactly where I was headed, that, that, um, that uh, we should work together. <laughs> that, that literally that is one of the revolutionary ideas of Hasidus. In other words, what you hear over here is one of the revolutionary ideas in Hasidus, which is that a person is supposed to l'chatchila ribber. L'chatchila ribber, you know, that's a famous phrase that, that the Rebbe would often say, that the Rebbe Marash said, that the world says, if you can't go under, go over. Right. And I say l'chatchila ribber. I say right away try to go over. Don't bother going under. Which means it's the Hasidic idea that the Baal Shem Tov came and said, you know, he starts his book with shivisi, the Indian of equanimity. He says, go for levels that were tzaddikim levels. I, your body, you're still sinning sometimes. Your body is not sanctified. Doesn't matter. Go do holiness first. <clears throat> now the Pasuk says, Sur Meirah V'asei Tov. Right? The Pasuk in Tehillim says, Sur Meirah, first go away from bad and then do good. So seemingly the Pasuk it does say that first you should purify yourself and then do holy things. But the Baal Shem read it, Sur Meirah, how? Through V'asei Tov. Hasidus is very much the idea that first do holiness. First, you know, meditate on godliness. I always like to say over the Nefesh Chaim. <clears throat> Everyone knows who Nefesh Chaim was? Reb Chaim Velozhener. Nefesh Chaim was essentially the Litvish response to Tanya. Reb Chaim Velozhener was the, one of the main Talmidim of the Vilna Goyen. It was the, the one that excommunicated, excommunicated the Hasidim. And he was a main Talmud, and he wrote Nefesh Chaim, which is like, the, so to speak, to be the non-Hasidic version of, what, of the ideas from Tanya. And the truth is, if you learn it, 90% is mamish the same ideas like in Tanya. There's very, very few differences. You have to really be, be very academic to get the differences. It's pretty much, and to the extent that the Lubavitcher Rebbe said that he thinks that Chaim Belazhenar learned Sifrei Chabad and was influenced by them, which is something that really got the Litvish people mad. But anyway... But Lamaisa, the Nefesh Chaim, so Nefesh Chaim was essentially a book against Hasidim. And in the third Shar, the third chapter, Shar Gimel Per Gimel, so Chaim Velazhener says, I want to I wanna read it to you because it's worthwhile um, hearing the Lashon. He, he goes through, he's talking about over here, essentially the idea of Einon Movadoi, that there's nothing other than God, which of course that's what Hasidus is all about. And he's saying the same thing. That that's what it means, that God says, Do I not fill heaven and earth? Know this Hashem Elikim. That what? Mamish Kemashmai, I'm reading. It's Mamish Kemashmai, these psukim that talk about God being in everything and being the only thing is Mamish like, like, it, like it sounds like. That there's nothing other than God in any point, any detail of the world. In all the worlds, upper and lower, in all upper and lower worlds, all people, 
Rak atzmus achdusei haposhet is boch levad. Just God's unity. That's, that's all there is. All there is is God. Everything is just essentially we're in, within God's infinity. Now, then he goes on to say, he goes, goes speaks that, and then he says, but this is a very dangerous thing to think about too much. And famously, and he says the famous thing, he said, why? Because you might come to think Torah in a bathroom. Because then, what do you mean? If everything's God, then what's the difference between a bathroom and, uh, and, and a shul? Which we won't get into the theology of that, but I just want to say halavai, that should be our issue, that we think Torah in a bathroom. By the way, halacha lamaisa, um, the Piskei Chubas brings that if a person feels like they, they, they need the Yetzirah is coming, then you're allowed to think Torah in the bathroom or think about Hashem. But anyway, but then he, but then he go, what I want to get to is what he says over here, because that's what like Rabbi Galib just said. He says, In truth, Really, I didn't want to talk about this idea at all, about the Enem Mavadeh, reveal this deepest secret of God's unity, that everything is just Hashem. I didn't want to talk about it, really. The earlier generations concealed this. You won't find the word of it in the Gemara. You won't find a hint to the. I mean, there are hints, there are hints, but it doesn't say it openly anywhere. So, meaning the early generations concealed this truth about God's unity. He said, but that was fitting. That would have been good in their generations. But now there are many days without a leader, and every person does what they want in their own eyes. Everyone goes according to their, their own mind. Meaning we're a leaderless generation and he's talking about the Hasidim that they, they do whatever they want. Now listen to the words of the Nefesh HaChaim. Today all these people, he's talking about the Hasidim, all they want, these people. You know what their hearts want? He wants to soar with his thoughts to wherever his mind will bring him. And he's saying that that's a bad thing. That's exactly what the Piazetsin is telling us that we're going to do. Soar, right? That's the Lashon he says. Lo'uf b'machshavte, to fly to, with his machshava, to whoever they want. <clears throat> and then he said, and then he goes on to say, kulam, and the worst part is, Zetteris koladam gam mashal pivikselim. This has become the, the, the whole Torah for them, and even the fools, the fools even say, Say that that in everything and everywhere is godliness. Even fools are saying that now. This truth that for so many generations was supposed to be concealed, that all that, that only that exists is God. Now even fools are saying it because Hasidus spread it. Oh, and now these next two lines, I always say halavai. What he what he's criticizing, what he's about to say, I give a bracha that. All of us and our children should, should do what he's criticizing, what he's about to criticize now. He says, These fools, their heart and their eyes and their heart, all their days, just to always go deeper and to look deep into this idea of Einan Movade. Even youngsters, their hearts pull them. That they may, they should make all their actions dependent and, and in, in, in tandem with this thought of Einu Movadu. This doesn't sound so bad to me, right? But that's, that's what Nefesh Chaim is criticizing. So therefore, that's exactly what the Pizetzner is saying, that what the Nefesh Chaim is really saying. That in previous generations... 
the way to do it was you first purify the body. You purify your body, you learn shas, right? You, you do the things that are shot, and then you could go into, you know, uh, mystical contemplations and stuff like that. He says, but that was fitting for previous generations. But I want to ask you, what, why, do you think, why do you think it should be that, that that's... That should be. So Hasid has brought this revolutionary idea that start with Vasei Toiv, that the Sumerah should come from Vasei Toiv. Don't wait to stop sinning before you learn Kabbalah. Don't wait to stop sinning before you learn Hasidus. You know, no matter what, you know, where you're holding in your Avedis Hashem, you could learn Kabbalah. Start thinking about God. That Hasid has brought that. But why do you think the Pizetz is saying, when the Nefshachayim is saying that the Svara Pshuta, the normal way should be to first purify the body and then the soul? Why? This week's parsha. Huh? This week's Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm not explaining why. But, but, but why is it like that? That's the instruction manual. Oh, yeah, you said the instruction manual. Because you can't have a pure. That's the instruction manual. I mean, you're just saying it's Xerus Akasuf. Wait, what was the whole passage from the Double. What's that? He's saying the fact that the angel said again. Double. It's a Sula Musavarsav Roshim Regishim the that the ladder was the, the ladder was on the earth and reaching heaven, and the angels were going up and down. Yeah. So both is that you start it's me you go Eloi. That's the instruction. <clears throat> so, but why? But that it's not it's not just exerus akasuv. seemingly there could be a reason. You can't have a pure inner with a impure out. In other words, the container, the exterior of something, if it's gross and and full of yucky things, it inevitably affects the state of the inner thing. Exactly. And so if you have a, an impure body, you can never <coughs> really have a pure heart. There's a, there's a word that Hasidim said, the following anecdote. <laughs> so you might know there's, um, those are familiar with the history of World War I, it, it was actually a family feud. Right? The king of England, George, and the Tsar of Russia, Nicholas, and the Kaiser of Germany, Wilhelm, were all first cousins. They were all grandsons of Queen Victoria. And there's actually a whole, they have these, they call them the Nicky Willie letters that between the Tsar of Russia and the, and the Kaiser, the letters between them, they, they, they had what to do with each other before World War I, before they all started killing, whatever. So, Chassidim say over the following anecdote, the one time Kaiser Wilhelm went to visit his cousin in Russia, and they fed him stuffed kishka, you know what kishka really is. I mean, today they make it out of flour, but you get the real Milmar one. You know what kish, kishka is? The intestines, right? The, the kishka. So they served kishka. They served the, you know, pickled intestines. And Kaiser loved it so much. It was so delicious. He wanted their, he told his servants, go get the recipe. So they went and they, got, they wrote the recipe down and the Kaiser comes back to Prussia, you know, and he says to the servants, okay, I want, I want that pickled intestine. And they make it. A couple hours later, he sits down he takes one bite, pff, spits it out. It's disgusting. I, you, this is disgusting. How could you eat this? So the, the cook said, I don't know. I followed exactly the instructions. He said, no, go back and, and ask them again for the instructions. 
They went, they asked him the instructions, and then made it again. Took a bite. Oh, disgusting. So he said to the cook, you must be doing something wrong. So he said to the cook, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. So they asked one of the cooks from Russia to come to Prussia, and he saw what he was doing. And then the cook from Russia right away understood. He said, in the instructions, we didn't say you have to first empty the drek that's in the intestines, because we thought that was obvious. You have to first take out the drek. You have to first empty the take, take out the... The, the, the filth before you pickle it. You can't try pickling it when the filth is still in it. Right. So that's the that's the same idea that you're saying, which is true. So that's what the Pizetsin is saying. What, what's this idea of spicing and pickling an intestine right. when you haven't taken out what's in the intestines? And yet the Pizetsin says that's what we're going to do. That's what Hasidim said we're going to do. <coughs> we're going to pickle our intestines even if we have, that, and we're going to believe that he, God is even in the filth. If you're on the most simple level, like the Kohanim, when they would you know, bring offerings, yeah. They would first purify themselves. They had all these quarantines. They, you know, they had all these rituals. I mean, you know, that, that's the first thing that comes to mind. It's like they're not going to go and even you know offer anything really until they do that. So how could we? Right. So, so he. So that's very good. So he, you're bringing an example from the base amigdash that the Kohanim had to be pure to go and to do avodah, and 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 you're very interestingly comparing that to the avodah of machshava, right. right? Of of meditation. But the truth is, you know. Anyone um, ever heard of the idea of B'nai Hanavim from Tanakh? In Tanakh, there was such a thing as people, the Ramam talks about also, that they would go to try to get prophecy. And they would, they would live like completely um, uh, ascetic lives, completely Prussian, completely away from things in this world. For instance, like the Dead Sea Scrolls, the Essenes, yeah. Pashtas, those type of people that they wanted to they wanted to get prophecy. They wanted to be completely, you know, in their minds. So they became like hermits. We had, we had that monastic tradition back then. Not a tradition, but you had that, that branch of Judaism back then at the time of the Beis HaMikdash. So there is that thing, like you're saying, that the Kohanim to serve in the temple, the same thing, to be able to be holy, to, 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 bring that, to, to, to get to that place of bringing the holy machshava. But he's saying that in our generation, we can't wait to take the drek out before you've pickled the intestine. Because we're not going to manage to get all the dreck out. Now imagine the Pizetsna saying that he never saw an iPhone. So he's saying that, so I guess that really answers, I mean, I don't know if that answers your question, but like you asked, can we get there today? I mean, I don't, I mean, I guess theoretically we can, but, but Lemaise, the Pizetsna is saying he doesn't think that we'll, we'll get there to totally refine our bodies. And then, and then Zuva Zula, El Sabiyode, then we'll come up with nothing. Let's continue. Four lines from the top, page 12. What's going to happen if we wait, if we wait to purify our bodies to be able to, to then to, to do machshava, we wait till we first purify our bodies. He says, what's going to happen? Then we're not going to have anything. The body won't become pure. And how much more so will our thought, will we not harness and, and fix the machshava? You didn't touch it. You didn't try. You didn't try to refine it and to strengthen it. And what's going to happen? And then the thought, our machshava, remains in its lowliness. Dark and disgusting. And mefugelas means pigel. Pigel is a, one of the uh, forbidden types of kachim in the Beis Migdash that it becomes uh, uh, forbidden. So he says, therefore, we, we can't wait. We will have nothing if we wait to purify ourselves. 
We have to start serving Hashem. We have to pickle the intestine. We have to start serving Hashem with machshava. And for this purpose, we called our, our society the, 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 those, of a, those of good thought process. That's what, it, that's what it's about. To strengthen and to reveal good thoughts within us. To develop it, to broaden it. That our thoughts shouldn't be dakim and adaka. Dakim and adaka means fine from the fine. Anyone know what that's a reference to, where those words come from? It's very interesting. The Piazzetsu sometimes puts in like these, you know, these... These rabbinic... Uh, by the Keturus? Uh, exactly. By the Keturus and Ervium Kippur. So the Keturus had to be daka. It had to be fine. When you ground up the 11 spices for the, for the incense, the Keturus, you had to, you had to uh, make them daka. But then Ervium Kippur, the incense that we brought into the Kodesh Kadoshim, they would grind it again. Ervium Kippur, Kodesh daka min daka. Meaning, so, so, refi- so, so fine. But here he's using it in a negative way. That what? That we have to, that, that, we ha- that our thoughts shouldn't be shalaytia dakim and adaka. That our thoughts shouldn't be dakim and adaka. Meaning what? That our thoughts shouldn't be skimpy. Shouldn't be like, like a p- powder. Our thoughts shouldn't be just a passing illumination, a spark. The spark that quickly gets extinguished. We don't want that. What's our, what's our, our chevr, our society about, our community about? Rather, it should be strong, it should be pure. That we should be able to subjugate our body with our thoughts. Even our senses, as we spoke about in, in the earlier weeks that we learned this, even our senses should be overpowered by our thoughts. You know, it's interesting, the Piazzetsu didn't have this example um, his, uh, in his time, but all of us, you know, all of us are experts at meditating for two hours. All of us. When you watch a movie, what are you doing? You lose all sense of self. You're focusing, you're, right, you're receptive to what's happening, and, and you, you focus, for, and then you can focus for two hours. So the difference is, because I don't have a movie in my mind, so how am I going to think of Hashem in that same way? So that's what he's going to talk about. That's what, that's what he's going to sp- speak about later on. That even my senses, just like when I watch a movie, say, you know, if somebody calls you, you don't hear them, that my senses should be so completely in Hashem that I don't know what's going on around me. And, the, and the, this wasn't just tzaddikim. There were, there were holy people throughout the generations that were like that, that were so completely enraptured that, they didn't, that their senses were lost. To add to your example, yeah? I remember you were asking at the time, my wife just told me that she brought our three-and-a-half-year-old to get a flu shot tonight. We barely ever show him any, like, you know, screens and stuff. So she gave him a, she gave him a video to watch while they were giving him the shot. And she said he, like, didn't even notice that he was getting a really? shot in his arm. You know, wow. I guess that's what... Yeah. Hold on that long so you can, like... I know, for that purpose. <laughs> exactly. yeah. With my kids, he'd be like, Ow! Oh! <laughs> you notice it. Yeah. So he says, So our thoughts should be, should be overpower our senses. It should be what's apparent in us and it should be what rules us. And, and he wants to bring a proof. Maybe you'll say, okay, you're telling me to pickle the intestine before I take the dreck out, before I take the filth out, right? 
So how do I know that that's, I can do that? If I haven't purified my body, if I do still sin sometimes, how, how, why should I try? How do I know that I'm going to be able to do that? Maybe I won't manage to, maybe I'm going to waste my time. Pizetsu says a proof that you can do it. All of a sudden, Rosh Hashanah by Tkiyas, when we're completely focused, we're completely in it, and then somebody would come to you and offer you, you, you know, uh, you'd say, you're crazy. So what happens? Does that mean our, our bodies became purified all of a sudden every Rosh Hashanah? No. We didn't all of a sudden become different people. We see empirically that even a body that has not yet been sanctified, a strong thought, a focused thought process, is able to subjugate it and sanctify it. Why should we leave the machshava, the, 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 the Indian of machshava of thought, in Ruach Gvurasa with its, with its uh, um, strong spirit, why should we leave it Lishon Vilerakev to sleep and to become um, to rot? To rot, Ba'atzlusa Bikirbenu, and it's laziness that we have in us. Meaning, he said, the way he says it, that, and, and he's going to say this later on also, that Machshava really is like a muscle. He's going to clarify this later on. We're not talking about cognitive, this isn't. Like in Chabad, he's not talking about cognitive things. He's, that's not what he's going to talk about, like, you know, deep uh, intellectual things. But he's going to say, he's mamish going to talk about the idea that machshav is like a muscle. Since it's not about being smart, it's about being able to focus. So it's like any muscle. How do you make your muscles stronger? You, you, you keep using them. Right? And the Alter Rebbe says in Tanya, in chapter 42, that the word emuna, we spoke about this Shabbos morning, that the word emuna the Alter Rebbe says, also contains in it the root aman, which means an artist. An oman, an artist. How does, a person, how does a person become an artist? How do you become a great piano player? It doesn't matter how many books you read, you never become a good piano player. To become an artist, uh, to paint, you can't read books about it. What do you have to do? You have to train your hands. The Alter Rebbe says, amun is also, it's training oneself. It's mental training. And so that's the piece. That's what it says, don't let our, that, the thought sleep and rot away with laziness, rather we should train it. You know, and when he says these words to don't let it rot away, there's famous lines from Rav Kook. I'm, I'm sure um, it also was made into a beautiful song. Yesh l'cha kanfei ruach. Anyone ever heard? Yesh l'cha kanfei ruach. You have, you have wings of the spirit. Rav Kook says, Alei Adam Alei, Rise up, man, rise up. You have wings of the spirit. Yesh l'cha kanfei ruach. Wings of the spirit. Al tikachesh don't uh, um, be uh, huh? Don't don't leave, don't leave them. Don't don't. Uh, um, yeah, don't leave them aside. Penika pentakhishok. Otherwise, it'll get weak. No, it's the same idea. If you don't use it, it gets weak. That's right, right? And we all know that that's that's whenever anything, it's, the more training, the more that you're in it, you have it. But if if you don't, then it, then then it rots away. So his mom is saying that that's what, that's what he, that's, the machshav is going to be our avoida, how we're going to train our thought. That's why it's called machshav tova. Let's start with gimel. We have a couple more minutes. Oh. He says, and he, here in the beginning, he, the first few sentences, he repeats himself, <coughs> the developing 
and the strengthening of Machshava. Zeu Yisoyed Chevraseinu. This is the foundation of our group. And this is the way that we're going to really connect ourselves to serving Hashem. This is how we're going to become connected to serving Hashem, by working on a machshava. And we're no longer going to be, we're no longer going to be content to be like the, the child of the maidservant, right? That doesn't really belong there, that's just hanging out behind the grindstone. We're no longer going to be that. We're no longer going to have that type of Yiddishkeit that we just yitzzayin, right? That we're no longer going to have that Yiddishkeit that we just do because we have to do. We feel like we have to do. Begrudgingly, we go about doing it. No, we're not going to be like that slave child, but rather keben, like a like a son. Shemargishes kirvosish shalaviv that feels the closeness of his father. Vesasiach sheben avivelav, and he's able to hear the whispering, the the the, the whispering of his father to him. That we should be able to be like Hashem's child and hear Hashem talking to us when we serve Him. And now he says like this, Vihine. This is how he's going to, from now to the end of Oiz Gimel, and very much of this book, he's going to talk about these two in Yonam. What he's going to introduce now is going to be themes that are going to be throughout the rest of the book. So let's just start it. Let's, let's start it. He says, Vihine. Kol Iker, first he says why it's hard to do Machshava, like what's holding us back, and then he says, The main reason that it's so hard to serve God with our thoughts, that it's hard for us to keep it strong, that it shouldn't be weak, to be able to really focus our thoughts, meditate in a solid way. There are two things. Two main reasons that were that two main reasons that it's hard to do this Aveda Mahshaba. Aleph, what's the first one? Heder his oirus. Lacking passion. The lack of being awake, of passion. And that I think goes without saying that we don't have to explain that. We're all Orthodox Jews, and part of being an Orthodox Jew is knowing how to keep up serving Hashem even without any passion because that's sometimes that's how it is sometimes we don't have passion but in Pizasa says but a lack of passion that's one of the main things that makes it hard to bring God into your inner world he says Heder is oirus and then he says Bein shel simcha shel salev means the, the lack of passion whether it's a, a passion a, a fire of happiness or a passion and a fire of a broken heart Right? There's such a thing, there's, there's a passion of happiness, and there's also passion when you have a broken heart, when you, have, when you feel really frustrated, really pained that, that, about my connection with Yashem. It's a raw emotion. It's a hisoyrus, it's an awakening. It's a live feeling. That's not the same as sadness, right? A broken heart is not the same. The Kotzke Rebbe said the broken heart is the most whole thing in the world, the most perfect thing in the world. It's not the same as sadness, as he's going to explain right now. Sadness is the opposite of being, of being emotional. Um, he says, and not said depression really. He says, As soon as a Jewish person becomes a little purified, they get more excited, they get more passionate. Even with a little awakening, the thought is already strong and pure, even with a little awakening. As soon as we wake, and soon we get a little inspiration, the thoughts become stronger. Right, if you, you, we all know this. Even if you're sitting at a at a kumzitz, or you're sitting at a, a, a tish, or you're sitting at you know at a shear, and all of a sudden you like feel com- you're you're focused in on a kashbaruchu, you know b'shal shudas or something. 
you're thinking of Hashem, you're focused on Hashem. So at those times, your thought is strong. You're able to maintain focus. You're able to maintain your mind. Even with the little Isaiah, even just waking up and having a little passion, a little, a little, a little uh, a life, the, his machshav is already stronger. It's already your thought goes above your your body and and the and one's and the the demyoinus, the images, the the fake things that this world shows. Like we brought the proof before from Yom Kippur that in Yom Kippur everyone's thought is strong. He says, But when a person's heart and mind are stuffed up, meaning passionless, and then a person is, is not able to have this higher machshava that's not physical. What, this is a very difficult term. He's not able to have this higher thought which is not physical. How does he not translate it? Not physical mindfulness only when his heart and mind are dull. Yeah, well, I, I, a person lacks an elevated non-physical mindfulness only when... Yeah, I, 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 I spoke about it in the first couple of classes, I think, that I don't like that. I know he translated it as mindfulness. I don't like that. Yeah. But Lamaisa, here he's saying, he's already hinting to what a lot of this book is going to be about, that what, one has, what we have to come to is machshava ilash einu gufanis. Thoughts without physical objects in them. Thoughts without looking at, without, without having a physical object in them, so to speak. Like feeling more than thought. Well, it's very true that the Piazesner's machshav uh, is very emotionally charged. But it, there is a thought, but it, it's, it, it is very much, it's not, it's, not it's not a thought that you're picturing something, per se. So he says, so, and but, and even more so, and of course, when a person's mind and heart gets stuffed up and you can't have a supernal machshava, and of course it goes without saying when a person's sad, right? Like we said, broken heart and sadness are two different things. We've spoken about that. Sadness is Sadness is not a broken heart. Rachman heder, right? Sadness means depression. Depression is never something... Depression, the Baal Shem Tov said, is not a sin per se, but it brings to the worst sins in the Torah. It's, uh, that we have to do what we can to never fall into that. Depression is just a negative, a, a stuffed upness, a deadness. It's like a deadness. The Rav is the Balatanya. Like the Altar says in Tanya, in chapter 26. Just like a Jew feels. I'll bring you a proof that a broken heart Depression is dead, is cold, it feels nothing. It's when you want to just give up. Depression is where, like, you just want to lie in bed and do nothing or just, you know, zone out and, and binge watch a, a whole series or something, right? Because I feel nothing. I, I feel completely dead. That's depression. That's not what we're talking about. He's talking about being alive, being vital, being, being full of life. Hislavus, being on fire. And he brings a, but a broken heart is also, it might not be as pleasant as a joyous fire. But a broken heart is also being alive. And what's his proof? Yom Kippur night. We all feel hope. We all feel a little broken, Yom Kippur night, or a lot broken. Well, am I ready for Yom Kippur? I'm going to this holy day. And that brokenness, does that make you feel op- more open or closed? It opens you up. The opposite, that kind of bitterness and not being content with who I am opens a person up. 
ובכל לשון שחס ושלום הוא בעצמוס, לא יפלו בין לב ובין מחשב, אבל אם הרבה של הרבה פרסון נסד, אז הפרסון נפלס ולא יש לך חדר מיין. אז הוא אמר, יש שתי דברים שפרוונט להביא חזקות חזקות. זה היה הראשון, לא כל פשן. בואו נקרא את השני, ואנחנו נעשה את זה בשבוע הבא. ועוד חיסרון, והוא ממטיבי שאין לך מחשב חזקה. And the other thing that holds a person back is that a person doesn't have strong thoughts. Meaning, and that, we, that he naturally seems to, I seem to be somebody born that I, I can't concentrate. I was born that way. I can't concentrate. So Pizetsu is going to talk about, to respond to both of these problems. Again, these are going to come up a lot in the book. So the two issues that we have to work on is lack of passion and the fact that I feel like I can't focus. My mind seemingly naturally doesn't have that ability to, 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 to focus. So that's Mitzvah Shem. We're going to talk about how to deal with these two in Yonim. Questions, so, yeah. comments, witticisms? <laughs> Tough.